In this episode, I speak to Sarah Hahn, the commerce editor at Allure. Having an extensive background at successful companies like BuzzFeed prior to her work at Allure, her experience and wisdom proves influential. She talks to me about how her college path informed her eventual career and how she hopes to see the beauty industry transform over the next few years. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this and for coming on to Zoom. I know it's like the holidays, so it's probably so hectic for you. No, it's totally fine. Actually, it's probably better <laughs> during the holidays because I literally don't have work. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. How, how was your holidays? It was good. Um, I'm, I'm from like Chicago suburbs. So I went back home for a week and I just got back to New York. So, um, oh, that's so fun. Oh, you get to be in like the two, the two biggest holiday cities. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, maybe do you just want to give a brief introduction, uh, talk about your position, how long you've been doing it? Sure. Okay. Yeah, um, I am. Um, so yeah, my name is Sarah Han. I am currently the commerce editor at Allure.com. I've been there about two years, almost two years. I started in April 2020, right when the pandemic was uh, <laughs> setting the place. So that was a fun time. Um, I was previously a senior commerce writer just transitioned into editor position. And before that, uh, I was a commerce or shopping writer at BuzzFeed for mm-hmm. four years. So oh, yeah, those cool. were like my main two jobs after college. So what are some typical job descriptions of being a commerce editor and what does that entail? So as with any sort of position media, it really depends on your publications, to be honest. But at Allure, since our team is small but mighty, I'm essentially mm-hmm. like the point person for all things that involves like Allure Commerce, which is a lot because since we're a beauty focused um, publication, like we write a lot about products. So it's very much integrated with editorial. And so there's from what I've gleaned in like the month and a half that I've had this position, mm-hmm. it's a lot more. So I do write a little less than I would as a writer, obviously. Um, and my tasks kind of vary day to day. There's a lot more meetings and mm-hmm. I kind of interact with more people across the Allure and Condé Nast like workforce, I guess. Right. Um, and yeah, besides editing, obviously there are writers on our team and freelancers. Mm-hmm. I have more of a hand in strategy because you know every month we prep our lineup for like the next month and then we have that approved and then we talk to the SEO team to make sure everything we're writing about is optimized and like we're you know hitting the right trends if there's like a spike right in yeah just for you know hyaluronic acid, which I think just always always in. Yeah, things like that. So yeah. yeah. That's so cool. And how do you think um, you know, starting during COVID has affected your work, if at all? That is a great question. Um, I think I think okay, so context is that like I'm a bit of a homebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I think it took away the stress of kind of getting used to the office environment. Right, right, yeah. 
Um, because as much as I do miss like a part of that, because I do think it's, you know, it's like after like a million Zoom calls, it's actually like I saw my coworkers for the first time during like our holiday party last month. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really nice to like actually meet them in person instead of just like staring at them through a Zoom yeah, screen. Yeah. Um, but I think it just like kind of let me dive into my work and like be very focused uh, at the beginning. And yeah, I think I've been pretty, yeah, productive. But I think because I was onboarded like right at the beginning, I think as with all companies, they didn't really quite know what they were doing yet. Like yeah, yeah. everything. So I think it's just like a lot of um, like self-learning, but uh, it's been good so far. And hopefully, I don't know. Well, now with the spike, I don't know yeah, what will we'll happen. Yeah. So what sparked your interest in writing and more specifically editing? I like growing up, I read a lot and I think I never like, I never considered that as like, I never considered like creative fields, like as a career, I kind of just like grew up, like this is a huge generalization, but you know, my Chinese immigrant parents definitely like valued practicality. Right, right. And I very much thought that I would just like, I didn't really like form opinion of what I wanted to do honestly until college. And then when I realized that like, I wasn't going to go through with my, you know, typical econ major. Um, mm-hmm. Then I was like, okay, let me explore what else I could do. And I kind of, so yeah, like with the childhood love of reading. And then in college, I kind of started writing uh, like poetry and things like that. Mm-hmm. And just kind of thought, what if I just pursue this as an actual career um not poetry necessarily but just writing and uh at around that time I was also really 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 getting into beauty like I was watching YouTube videos all the time of like, mm-hmm. beauty creators and all that and yeah I think I kind of got lucky with timing because when I started off at BuzzFeed that was when they were growing their sh- shopping team and that's when like e-commerce writing was becoming like gaining traction mm-hmm. So there was a little bit of luck, I think. And yeah. So you mentioned that you had like a, maybe a different path in mind. So during college or high school, did you ever explore different realms of writing, like throughout the school newspaper, journalism or something like that? So did you participate in writing throughout your education early on in your life? I actually did not. And I think that's something that I wish I would have done looking back. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think you necessarily have to write for a newspaper in order to, you know, um, like develop an interest in writing, but um, no, I think, I don't know. I just kind of like did things for fun. Like I tried to journal and I tried to, like my friends and I kept this like rotating journal. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I think I always like kept in touch with writing in that way. Um, yeah. So you mentioned that because you've been on both the writing and editing spectrum that just by virtue of being an editor, you do less writing, but what other differences have you noticed um, in both positions? Um, 
I think being a writer is a lot harder and maybe because I would say writing is harder just because you you don't really have a blueprint like you can reference other stories which is what I did when I was just starting off mm-hmm. and kind of read as much as you want but at the end of the day it's like your words on paper or a document or yeah, <laughs> yeah. and for shopping content specifically it's like a balance of like being very informative but also like putting your own voice into it because we're still editorial and we like we're recommending products that we actually think the writer will you know find useful so like we're not like brand copy right we're not branded copy and we're not like there's yeah I think it's I think as a writer like if you're constantly writing and there's like always a story that you're working on, you, I don't know if it's just me, but like I got stuck with writer's block a lot mm-hmm. and it would just be really frustrating yeah. to try to dig yourself out of that. Um, and there's kind of no end to the revision process. Like you could keep revising over and over again, mm-hmm. uh, basically until, you know, you're satisfied and then you hand it off to the editor. Editing, I think it's just like, Being an editor, I think just tests your interpersonal skills more. Yeah. Uh, As a writer, like I had minimal meetings Mm -hmm. and it was just me and my computer. And I kind of liked that for a while. But I think once I got a good grasp on that, like my copy was very clean and whatnot. Like I was like, okay, I want something different. And so now it's, I think I'm meeting a lot more people, whether it's on my team or across the Condé Nast org. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, it's just more variety, I think. Yeah. And so how has being an Asian in the beauty industry altered your perception of the beauty standard? And I know you're kind of, you're really interested in beauty, but you're also, you know, more on the creative side of that. So um, how has your perception of the beauty standard changed uh, if it has? It definitely has. Um, I think the more I've gotten involved in beauty, the more I've seen like the impact of Asian and Asian Americans on like the brand and business side, because like I mentioned earlier, I, well, growing up, I like could not, like I was not allowed to wear makeup. Like I was like, I had no introduction to that sort of thing. So, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, later on high school, I started watching like Asian YouTubers And I think that's how a lot of like Asian Americans like kind of like see, I don't know, like see people. Yeah. What I'm trying to say, like see people like look at them like in that sort of like creative space. And like, I learned a lot from them um, as I was just starting out. And I think just the more and more I'm involved as a writer and learning about like, obviously like for instance, like the impact of Korean beauty has been huge. And like skincare has been huge on this industry and um, just more and more, I just see like Asian and Asian American founders, like, you know, Glow Recipe, like Christine and Sarah and like Tower 28, Amy Liu and like Kulfi Beauty, 
Priyanka Jangu. And they're just, they're more and more, I think, like, I don't know, like visible in a sense, because yeah. they're, they're kind of like, I mean, they're running the company, but they're also like spokespeople. And it's just really, that's just helped me feel a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, inclusivity is like at a forefront of the beauty conversation because of people like this, like making sure that, you know, shade ranges actually suit all skin tones and um, making sure that like all people of all skin tones, sizes and backgrounds are represented on social media and like marketing campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just gotten more diverse and it's just it's on the right track because consumers are like more aware and like yeah. holding brands accountable so yeah. yeah and I feel like the beauty industry and maybe writing are similar in the ways that there are a lot of creative aspects to them so um, I was browsing through your Instagram and I was wondering <laughs> how you gain inspiration for your looks because it's there there's such a wide range of you know ways to approach beauty and I was wondering if like you mentioned that you watch YouTube videos and kind of learn like that, but do you, is it typically through what you see or do you have these ideas in your own mind? Um, and so like, how do you kind of gain inspiration for beauty and makeup? And I, yeah, it is through a lot of what I see like on Instagram and TikTok is a big, right, <laughs> I yeah, yeah. Time on TikTok. Um, so yeah, I think I'm, I've always been kind of a visual person so um I don't necessarily like I think yeah I think just like the more variety of looks I see like the 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 more I'm inspired to experiment with more like creative looks and like different kinds of graphic liner and things like that Mm -hmm. um because yeah it is like art and I don't consider myself artistic person so (laughs) um I so I either like take like save photos I really like as inspo or um sometimes I kind of just like let myself just like go like just create whatever and luckily like through my job I get to try and play with so many products so like I have a good foundation to start with and I kind of just whatever mood I'm into, I just reach for like an eyeshadow palette that kind of fits that mood. For me, it's like a lot of like pink is like my color. So like, I kind of gravitate a lot towards that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also, yeah. So yeah, I just kind of have a lot to work with, fortunately. And then I kind of just go from there and see what stands out. Yeah. Yeah. And do you see evidence of beauty standards changing? I know you kind of mentioned there's been progress in terms of recognition, but do you see actual beauty standards kind of moving with the trends and moving with realizing, or like moving with um, trying to obtain inclusivity? Yeah, I guess there's just like a lot of factors that go into that. But even if you like take Allure specifically, like just even like the scope of cover stars that we have, has gotten a lot more inclusive. Like if you if you flip through a magazine from like 2010 even, and now yeah, yeah. it's like the faces that you see are gonna be a lot different. And I think that, yeah, people just want to see themselves reflected. And I think that actually is 
at least on social media, like I, I do see that because I think people are holding brands more accountable, like I said yeah. before. And like, if they don't see themselves represented in their content, then how, like, why would they support? Yeah, 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 that makes sense. From like a media, you know, beauty media, I think it's also um, diversifying. Uh, and I hope it will even more because, you know, if you asked me like five years ago where I would be right now, like I would not have imagined like working at Allure and even in beauty space. Yeah, there's just, there's always improvement. The more like diversity and like the faces we see, like wearing the products and stuff, the, the less, you know, the focus on like Eurocentric features and, you know, right. as like the standard and like, you know, yeah. And- what is your opinion on social media playing a role in influencing these standards? Just kind of like with YouTube, I think there's just, um, what is that word called? Like it's, it's easier to access. So for like, you know, like with Hollywood, you have to like jump through all these hoops and stuff and like representation is getting better, but it's slow going. Whereas um on social media and YouTube there's less entry to barrier is that the term (laughs) um but it's everyone's like everyone's fair game you get to you know craft your own story and um your own look on social media so I think it's a huge role. Uh, it plays a huge role. Yeah. It, gro- it influenced me growing up a lot. Like I, cause like when I was learning makeup, I was like, okay, well, I'm obviously going to watch an Asian American woman or like Asian woman doing their makeup because I'm on a Liz and like, I don't like my undertones don't match these other, like, you know, are different. So um yeah, it's a lot. And more and more you see, you know, influencers, you know, with these brand deals, like they're, they, they're influencers for a reason because they <laughs> influence their followers to, you know, they like their followers trust them for like recommendations and books and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. And what have been some of your favorite articles or stories to have been a part of, whether it's been through the editing or writing process? I would Actually, okay, so I'm gonna pivot a little bit away from beauty and say that some of like the like K-pop pieces I worked on are my favorite. Yeah. Like, I think actually hmm. beauty-wise, I think anything that has to do with spotlighting Asian and Asian American owned brands mm-hmm. has, you know, hit closest to home. I have rounded up quite a few. I interviewed the founder of Coffee Beauty and just anything that elevates like Asian brands is has always been super important to me. And that goes for any like person like POC founded brands. Um, because it's easy to just focus on like the bigger conglomerates and all that, which make great products, but um I think, yeah, there's a lot of power in spotlighting um, smaller up-and-coming brands that are very aware of their customer base. Um, But on the other side, so like I've had some background for K-pop writing because I (laughs) listen to a lot of it. Mm -hmm. I consume a lot of that. So I've got, I've been really lucky to um, interview quite a few artists. And I think that's really cool too, because as 
I was entering like the media space, I also like that's when I like got into K-pop and like that was also cool because that's another form of representation. Yeah. In yeah. my eyes, like seeing yeah. like these people as like, you know, you know, the, the stars and um yeah, so I think that has been really fun. Um well, I mean, that was kind of my last question, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for doing this. Um, it was so cool to learn about. I don't think I've had an editor or necessarily someone who's worked in the beauty industry editing, you know, certain articles and writing and having all this experience. So I'm really grateful to have been able to speak to you. Um, so thank you so much. Of course. I hope that was like not too rambly <laughs> no, 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 it was good it was good I think it offered yeah. a lot of new insight so thank you yeah. so much yeah sounds good yeah thank you of course Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.